Hello, everybody. That's, uh, that's quite a dramatic cut-off, isn't it? I just realised that. We created this whole new animation, and it's got this dramatic death. It's a jump end. scare. It's a jump. It's a jump scare. It's a bus scare. Um, <laughs> hello, everybody, and welcome to... Oh, I didn't even think about this. Season 2, episode 21? It feels yeah, yeah. 21, maybe. Um, the Halloween Special Edition 2022 of History's Greatest Idiots, the show in which... We travel back through the history of time and bring you examples of sometimes scary idiots uh, so that you can learn lessons from their scary antics and never repeat those mistakes again. But who are we kidding? We're humans and we like making mistakes and scaring you because it's Halloween and we like that. that kind of it's, it's our favorite. <laughs> Joining me as ever is our, uh, my amazing co-host, Derek. Derek, how are you doing, my man? I'm fantastic i'm excited that we're here to our our halloween special again because it's it is my favorite time of year i didn't go as crazy this year but you took care no. of it with the graphics so yeah yeah I, oof, I i spent hours animating that and i now feel confident in animating the most basic things you will ever see on a podcast so i'm, <laughs> I'm really happy that i've now learned frame animation on on like a free version of canva um toasterzoid welcome it's good to have you here with us and uh yeah everyone if you if you do happen to stop in i mean there's, there's only one person here uh drop us a, a message in the chat and we will do our best to respond we're going to be amping up the uh the live stream aspect of this in the not too distant future um and hopefully um that can be an avenue for us to kind of expand the podcast we've got another comment from toasterzoid um as rockefeller that oh, that's why your mama dead dead as hell what shoes she got in her cast got on in her casket i don't get the reference but <laughs> that's why your mama dead dead as hell what shoes she got in her casket there we go that's, all that's right halloween halloween rockefeller <laughs> for you um so yeah sorry back to you derek uh arizona spooky time of year favorite time of year stuff going on there um god i just been really busy with my mm. son's baseball recruiting so that's right he's been it's talking to some, season, cool, isn't it? some, some cool schools he's getting ready to go on visits and stuff it's super exciting and i have no idea what i'm doing so i'm enjoying it <laughs> so <laughs> this is something i've always been interested about because like i hear about the recruitment side of things i've seen it in films and stuff now i never really hear much about like the visits like what's involved in those because they're essentially trying to woo your son right and the, the athletes that they bring along to these things what what in, in is involved in that has he got like a chaperone as well or um what's the deal kind of well you, like we show up and they give the official tour he kind of will get teamed up with one of the upperclassmen baseball people and they'll take him around we'll okay. get a chance to talk with the coaches just kind of a, an opportunity to see if it's a good fit so that he's picking the right school and sticking with it you know is this is a random thing because obviously the draft is a big deal in the NFL when players go from college to major leagues mm -hmm. um and and other sports I'm sure as well um is is it quite is the drafting thing is it quite intense like have you had a lot of offers and are they tantalizing um well we haven't been involved in any of the the draft he right. does have some some offers to play for a couple of jucos and Ooh. a um division three school in chicago or outside of chicago interesting so uh I, I think we might actually be going up to chicago to check that out and then i know we'll be going up to oregon probably in december 
That's and fun, man. It's yeah, it's honestly it's it's really neat. It's mm. I don't know if it's like it is in the the other sports, but mm. hopefully we'll get to the point where he's going into the draft. I know with baseball it's different because they go into the minor leagues and spend years there usually yeah. before they see major major league yeah. sports. <laughs> which which I I quite like that. I like the idea of giving someone some seasoning before you like throw them in at the deep end because it gives them not just chance to perfect their craft but also become more rounded people before yeah. they have to deal with any potential fame. Right? Which, which you doesn't happen see. to a lot of young athletes. Yeah, you could see just from the the people that you've covered um that yeah. can be a really bad thing to not it can be such a bad thing you know we look <laughs> at um i mean i guess the the perfect example is um oh god what's his name this guy who bet on baseball um, oh pete rose yeah pete rose yeah who started out just a really humble kid but as time went on became like a massive drinker and womanizer and you know it didn't save his money and ended up betting on baseball and you know now he's he's an old guy and you know had he had the support systems around him that a lot of modern athletes possibly do or should have then maybe he'd be in a better position but you know it's good to see that your son is being given the opportunity to not only go to these amazing places but also you know be in a more rounded experience as a human being instead of just thrust into fame or or pressure at a young age, which breaks people. I mean, Jesus, look what oh, he did yeah. to Michael Jackson. And, you know? and Justin Bieber. And Justin Bieber, yeah, a little arsehole. And the rest of the Disney kids. And every, <laughs> well, almost all. Some of them are really nice. I have it on very good authority, and I know someone who has worked directly with her that, um, oh, God, I always forget names when it comes to it. You remember the high school musical? Um, yeah. Kids? Vanessa Hudgens, right? Oh, someone I know worked with Vanessa Hudgens recently over a period of a few days. She's just the nicest person. Just really yeah. sweet. Brought them coffee. She's like, hey, I go to Starbucks on coffee, you know, stuff like that. And and then yeah. collapsed because she was working so hard she hadn't like eaten lunch. Oh, so no. this person I know was like, all right, I'm going to make you some food and you're going to eat it. And just like kind of mothered her a little bit. So, hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's I, cool. Some of them are good. Some of them are good yeah. people, but they just have to remain grounded. And that's such a difficult thing. Uh, yeah. We've got a comment from Toastaloid. I'm only really into boxing, mainly because of that clip of Muhammad Ali dodging 25 punches in a row in rapid succession. That guy was once in a <laughs> lifetime athlete, really. Um, we may end up covering some boxers on this show. Oh, I don't man. know which ones. We've already oh. kind of covered one with the polls, but yeah, that well, I mean, it kind of, I guess now. Yeah, but, at this point, yeah. And actually, I mean, since that podcast, they're much better people. Honestly, so. I, I, I have changed my opinion. They, they I have are better. <laughs> yeah, uh, much for the better. And actually, you know, I mean, it couldn't have got much lower with me because that after the whole Japanese death forest thing, like I was like, why, why are you still a thing? But now I'm like, okay, you know, you're demanding fair treatment of athletes in UFC, which I am one hundred percent behind, an equitable distribution of. Um, finances and you know he's become a halfway decent he's grown up basically yeah. and realized that the world is not it's not a logan centric universe it's not, <laughs> there is a sun that you revolve around so you know um anyway so away from all that we've we've been talking quite a bit about halloween and stuff redemption arc yes indeed um derek can you tell us about your idiot your spooky idiot for the halloween special 
Well, okay. So last year I did the Witchfinder General, and that's right, covered... Matthew Hopkins. Yes, and you covered the Blood Countess. Uh, yeah, Elizabeth Bathory. Yes. Yes. And I thought this year it might be fun to look at a dude that's committed all kinds of heinous acts that inspired not one or two, but numerous uncountable books and movies and things of that nature. Mm. Um, and for true crime and serial killer junkies, you're going to know who I'm talking about right away. So if you do, just hold that inside. Yeah. Hold it um, for the rest yeah. of us. Yeah. Push it down deep and don't <laughs> say anything. Anyway, here we go. So he's born August 27th, 1906 in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Okay. Right from the start, he had a, a pretty difficult life. <laughs> Damn it, toast. <laughs> All right. So he's the youngest of two boys. He's raised in a household by a timid alcoholic who's usually unemployed. That's his father, George. Right. And yeah a religious domineering and some would say super verbally abusive mother uh, which has also become like kind of a trope in hollywood yes. films and stuff like there's whenever you write a serial killer there's always like a domineering or abusive parent which isn't always the case with serial killers but a tr a giant a massively traumatic childhood usually you know part yeah. of the process unfortunately absolutely Mm. And let's see, where were we here? Oh, yeah, she raised her boys to believe that the world was filled with unspeakable evils and that drinking and immorality were the instruments of the devil. Mm. And all women, except for her, of course, were cool. vessels of sin. And uh, every afternoon she'd sit them down and she'd read to them from the Bible. And mm -hmm. that sounds good. Except for she selected the verses from Old Testament and the book of Revelation that concerned themselves with death and murder and divine retribution. So, yeah. And also, you know, you can take any passage from the Bible and it's really about your interpretation and the tone you use, because there are some like priests, Baptist priests and, and any other denomination you want to mention that can take like the most benign, somewhat timid section of the bible and just like blow it up and you're like holy shit what why, why are you doing this so yeah right. it's about interpretation of these thousands of years old especially the old testament we're talking you know what <clears throat> four thousand years old so right. a long you, long time ago you can get some gnarly stuff in there like instructions shit, yeah. for owning a slave yeah exactly like that's not a normal thing but that's not talked about a lot anyway so <laughs> She's reading to him from these scary books of the Bible, and you mm. can see how that might right. cause some issues with development, but it's the early 1900s, so it's mm. normal, I guess. It's, um, yeah, sadly. And unfortunately, his, his mother hated the alcoholic husband of hers because he couldn't keep a job, and mm. he didn't really even stand up to her. She kind of bullied him, too. And wow. when the grocery store that he was attempting to start and run failed. She used that chance to protect her family from the evil that lurked around every corner there in uh, La Crosse, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just whenever you, you say like the evils of La Crosse, Wisconsin, it's, it's called La Crosse. <laughs> it's not Gotham or anything like that. It's, it's quite, yeah. Well, she thought of it as a sinkhole of filth, and then she wanted to move the family over to this small town of Plainfield, Wisconsin, where uh, even there, she 
wanted the family to stay away from people. And they settled on this 155 acre farm outside of town. And she kept her kids, her two young sons from interacting with people too much. She took advantage of the isolated location, turned away outsiders. The boys only left the farm when they were going to school. Mm. She, um, kind of bullied them or mm. uh, punished them, went after them when they did try to make friends. Wow. So it was kind of like a, a Carrie. If Carrie were a guy, yeah, that's she's doing that sort of stuff. And, and, and I imagine, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of humiliation involved in this, uh, which is kind of part of the punishment, really, when it comes right. to domineering. There's almost always humiliation involved in that. And that itself is not just the the horrible feeling that someone gets when they've been humiliated, but also at a young age, it has a lot of de- de- developmental knock-ons. So, oh, yeah. yeah it's, it definitely will twist your worldview or your life view. Yeah, um, exactly. When the person that's supposed to love you and take care of you and protect you and stuff kind of twists yeah. every... Yeah. Anyway, so... He's a shy dude at school and his teachers and other classmates kind of remembered him as strange and said he had odd mannerisms. One mm. actual uh, one, one specific thing would he break into to fits of laughter, like out of nowhere, he like he's laughing at his own internal jokes right. and um, he had a lazy eye and a speech impediment. And it Which made in him the early like 20th century. That would have just like you're ostracized. Oh yeah. I alone. mean, just i mean let's see we're getting into probably 1920 now Hmm. so i I don't imagine they treated him well and there's an obvious mental illness that'll show up later um so like i said kind of like if carrie was a guy his mom bullied him the kids bullied him she like punished him for making friends and despite his poor social development from all of that he actually did pretty well in school we got good grades that's interesting yeah maybe it could have gone better but Mm. he seemed to really absorb his mom's lesson more than his school lessons and Mm. and what she taught him about the world kind of was harsh and violent and scary and dangerous and evil was out to get you around every corner his brother didn't buy into it as much he actually stood up to her a few times and wow that kind of didn't sit well with him We'll get to that here Mm. soon. In 1940, their father died from heart failure caused by alcoholism. Mm. And he's 66. The brothers start doing odd jobs around town to help cover the living expenses on top of their chores that they're doing. Uh, Him and his brother Henry were generally considered reliable and honest by the residents and community. And while both of them actually worked as handyman quite often, Henry... Uh, his brother didn't do the things that he did, like babysit frequently for the neighbor's kids. Okay. Which will be really friggin' disturbing when you think about how this dude ends up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so his brother starts dating this divorced mother of two and plans to move in with her. And his their mother, Augusta, would just basically talk all kinds of shit on the the woman that Henry loved and he'd stand up for her and that also um, didn't sit well. So 
when they were both out there working their farm chores, which included clearing vegetation, there was an accident, Mm. supposedly. Yeah. Um, On May 16th, 1944, they're out there burning vegetation on the property, clearing the brush and debris, and it got out of control. The fire department comes out there. They battle this blaze all day. And then he's like, hey, um, Henry's missing. They set out to look for him. They look all over the place, find him laying face down. And apparently he'd been dead for a while. Right. There were no signs of any burning on him. And they figured maybe he just suffocated from smoke inhalation or um, they, they didn't see any burns or other obvious injuries. But it was reported that he did have bruising on his head, so Mm. he could have been knocked out and then smoke inhalation, I guess. I was going to say, probably uh, knocked unconscious and then, as you said, died from the smoke from there. But yeah, that's that's not beyond the realms of possibility, I think. Right. In a case study from one of the many, many people that studied this guy and wrote... Uh, on him that 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 situation was possible and likely a Cain and Abel sort of mm. situation. Yeah, I mean, you talk about biblical like similarities. Yeah. That's kind of a strong one right there. My goodness, you went after it. Yeah. So, shit. Uh, accidental or not, Henry's dead. That leaves him and Augusta to manage the farmhouse by themselves. He's finally got his mom to himself. And then she has a stroke and he's left to care for her now, which he does until she dies December 29th, 1945 at the age of 67. That's when he boards up the rooms used by his mother, including the upstairs and the downstairs parlor, the living room. And, and he kind of makes them a shrine, leaves them untouched. Right. The rest of the house starts to like fall apart and turn into a hoarder place and get real gross and yucky. Yeah. And he's living in this little room off the kitchen in the filth, but not, I mean, I guess he would have probably been keeping up that, but that's just speculative, I suppose. Yeah. It's hard to know, like, would have all of his efforts gone into maintaining the the shrine part of the house and the rest of it just not got any of his attention or if it was a deliberate thing? It's hard to know, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, he he had divided attention with other activities as well. Uh, yeah, he he's completely devastated by the loss of his mother, and that is right around the same time he starts reading these pulp magazines and gets really interested in cannibalism and Nazi atrocities. Ooh. And so there he is, living on this farm alone, way out of town. Mm sinking in an obsession with Nazis and cannibalism and he's spending his days learning about medical experiments and the human anatomy. Uh, Allegedly he's consuming a lot of porn, but he's not dating any real life women that anybody knows of. And he's reading early horror novels. I don't know what those look like in the 1940s. Um, I guess you would have been talking about maybe Mary Shelley, Dracula, Frankenstein, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I have a shrine to Keanu Reeves in my house, Toast aside. Me that's too. A, it's a solid guy to have a shrine of. Yeah. Unproblematic. Definitely not, not like going to kill this anyone. Guy. Yes. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he, He's he just going to give a homeless guy some food. That's all yeah. Keanu Reeves is going to do. 
Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> He's not going to do what this guy did, which was uh, indulge his sick fantasies and get away with it for a while. So I know everybody by now knows that I'm talking about Ed Gein, also known as the Butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield mm. Ghoul. He's the notorious murderer and body snatcher that inspired shit tons of characters in movies and books and a boatload yeah. of other creepy stuff. And a lot of think, it is exaggerated. But Yeah, I think probably the, the preeminent early example and probably the most famous example would have been um, Norman Bates from Psycho. Yes. Yeah. Um, certainly early on, um, the elements of Ed Gein's life that, in, that kind of influenced uh, the character of Norman Bates were huge. And that was that film came out. I mean, obviously, the book was written first slightly. Uh, that came out in 1960. Right. So not that long after this took place. Like, see, the t- yeah, here we go. Mm. We'll get to yeah, this. Leatherface was another one as well. Uh, yep. The Tooth Fairy from uh, Thomas Harris's um, series of books on Hannibal Lecter. The Tooth Fairy yeah. that is used in um, Buffalo uh, Bill from Silence Buffalo of the Buffalo Bill, sorry, but actually both of them because the Tooth Fairy um, had an abusive mother that made him a psychopath and then Buffalo Bill puts the lotion on its skin. To, yeah, <laughs> and then danced around. Oh, what a fuck me. Oh, what a fuck me. That's uh, so creepy, that voice. Oh, my God. Every time I see him playing a cop in some other movie, I'm like, hey, yeah, he killed people. <laughs> I remember watching um, oh, uh, Thingy Island uh, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, oh that? yeah, yeah, uh, um, yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I directed I by Scott Sazy. And then he meets him halfway through, like they have this confrontation, and they're all very much not at ease. Like, I know you. I've known you my whole life. It's that guy again. Just hear that voice, and immediately you know who it is. Yep. And see, it's, I think it would be better, or it's not as good to be him as it is to be someone like. Um, oh, now I lost it. I was going to do the Darth Vader voice. It's good. <laughs> you mean good to be James recognizable that way. James Earl Jones, not yeah, so much yeah. uh, Buffalo Bill. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Lion King, and Welcome to Sea World, and shit like that. You know, that was uh, James Earl Jones got a really nice, recognizable voice, but for that guy. You're always going to have people coming up to you going, (laughs) (laughs) dancing around, pretending to put their things between their legs. God. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for that. Okay. (laughs) Probably not something Ed Gein did, but we can only speculate. Although, maybe. Well, isn't there? I mean, we'll probably get to it in a bit. Yeah. Uh, so here we're going to get into the creepy boatload of shit that he did. On the morning of November 16, 1957, in Plainfield, a hardware store owner, Bernice Warden, disappeared. Hmm. Nothing was left behind but yeah. the blood stains. And it was and like the middle of the day as well, wasn't it? it? It was. It was around five o'clock when her son, the deputy sheriff, came in and found the store empty, the yeah. register open and blood stains on the floor. When they were doing the investigation, uh, her son Frank told the investigators that the evening before her disappearance, Ed was in the store and that he was supposed to return to get some antifreeze mm-hmm. the next day. There was a sales slip for a gallon um, of antifreeze that was the last receipt that was written by her on the morning she disappeared. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, last person to see them alive. It's your and, first inquiry, right? 
Yeah, well, and they get some more evidence here in a minute. Uh, mm. On the evening of the same day, Ed was arrested at the West Plainfield grocery store and the sheriff's department went to go search his house. Right. Now, I anybody that's squeamish that's listening to this, I'm going to throw out that there's some sick, twisted stuff that's going to yep. be graphic and disturbing coming after here where I list off things that happened or were found there. <clears throat> so the police go to Ed's farmhouse and immediately they they're finding themselves walking into like a waking nightmare. There's mm. uh, one deputy goes and, and discovers warden's decapitated head in a burlap sack in a shed somewhere on the property. The others found her body hung upside down with uh, by her legs with a crossbar between her ankles and oh the goodness. ropes. Uh, they said uh, they described it as dressed out like a deer in the kitchen of the house. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's so, very much like a trophy at that point. Exactly. Uh, a further search of the house revealed I'm going to list a whole bunch of cool stuff now. <laughs> uh, whole human bones and fragments a wastebasket made of human skin, human skin covered upholstery chairs, skulls used uh, on the bedpost, just kind of stuck on there, female skulls with the top sawn off, apparently mm. made into bowls and ashtrays. Yeah, I remember that one. A corset from a female torso that was skinned from the shoulders to the waist. He had leggings made from human leg skin, masks from the skin of people. And then uh, Mary Hogan, it's another woman that went missing. Uh, her her face was in a ma uh, cut off as a mask and, and in a paper bag when they searched the house. Jesus. And then they found Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of the pot-bellied stove. Well, assumingly, he was going to eat that. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair assumption to make. They found nine. Um, yeah, I vulvas. Oh, in a shoebox. Holy uh, shit! They found a belt made from human female nipples, Jesus. four noses, a pair of lips, a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. <laughs> Uh, and then finger tail, uh, fing fingernails and toenails from female fingers. Jesus. Apparently, they. Just, I, I wanted to end that list light. Uh, so <laughs> those artifacts were the ones that they confiscated from the property. They photographed them, sent them, uh, sent that to the crime lab laboratory, and then disposed of them. Thank God, because I, I, I hate to say this, you just know that someone's going to try and buy them. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure there's people trying to buy the pictures. I was going to say, that was my next point. It was like, someone has made an offer to that police department of like a ridiculous sum of money for those pictures, and there's no way they're ever getting them because copycats, yeah. weirdness. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, so Ed collected uh, most of that stuff from local graveyards, he said. He started to, to go to the graveyards two years after his mother's death, and he would exhume bodies kind of in a daze that right. he thought resembled his mother. He also mm -hmm. explained that he wanted to create a woman suit so he could become his mother and crawl into her skin. 
Yeah, there's wow. Yeah, but he stopped short of saying uh, that, or admitting to have sex with any of them because, according to him, they smelled too bad. Right, but yeah, but not so bad that wear. you turn them into a fucking lampshade, mate, you know? <laughs> yeah, or a suit. He wanted to crawl it into the suit. Yeah, I just... I'd love to... First of all, I'd, I'd love to know, like... Because clearly at some point in his life, he's been trained in the methods of hunting, right? Because he skinned these people, and I'd imagine that there's an element of maybe hunting yeah. that's gone into that but um sorry drip is a term for more fancy clothes oh god no 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 not drip ed Gein is not drip uh, <laughs> uh, jesus christ um oh, but, oh. yeah i just um also that's a whole other... messed up uh take on the phrase who are you wearing oh that's good do you imagine a premiere uh <laughs> <laughs> this like five foot five inch guy just kind of strolling along who are you wearing Ian? who are you wearing ed I, I don't remember i dug it up two weeks ago um <laughs> ed Gein, this is something i wanted to point out as well ed Gein, and it's such a weird thing we have this image in our head of evil right of someone who is evil of a serial killer whatever it may be and it's actually something that was pointed out first at the nuremberg trials was that evil is actually people who are considered evil and i am you know i have a funny relationship with that term because I, I think it minimizes the actual crimes they do and it like lessens the potential for it to happen again in people's minds from other people. So like you say it's evil therefore humans can't do that right but invariably it happens again because shit happens right. um but ed the Nuremberg trials, they found a lot of these Nazis were just bureaucrats who were just like sort of pushing paper and doing a job. And they just saw it as like, oh, it's just like a tax form, only it's, you know, the death of hundreds of thousands of Jewish people. But right. like it, with Ed Gein, like you say, very plain, very quiet, and like physically quite small as well yeah. like he is a he's not the kind of guy that you would be intimidated by if you met them in real life just a bit weird but not Super like weird. i fear for my physical safety around this person yeah i mean unless you've been to his house <laughs> yeah if you've been to his house you're <laughs> you're fucking yeah you're grabbing one of those nipple lamps lamps and just trying to smash it over his head and get out but, yeah. <laughs> so, so um yeah, all of that happens. And then on November 21st, 1957, uh, he's arraigned on one count of first degree murder where he pled not guilty by reason of insanity. And he was well, diagnosed yeah. with schizophrenia and found mentally incompetent to stand trial. Mm -hmm. So he went to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, which sounds like something out of a comic book. But yeah, uh, later he's he's hey, yo, Batman <laughs> feeling. Yeah. Yes. So later he's transferred to the state hospital in Madison, and 10 years later, they deemed him fit to stand trial. Right. And he's convicted of Bernice Warden, but just her, because they figured it'd be a waste of time and money to try him for the murder of Mary Hogan or any of the other stuff, because their argument is that he's obviously insane and he's going to spend the rest of his life in hospitals and institutions, no matter yes, what, just sort of get it over with. But I, I do feel like that those families could do with this, an element of closure in, in an official capacity. I, I don't know if there's a way of doing that without a trial, but they, whether the coroner can just record a verdict of killed by Ed Gein, let's not bother going to trial or something, but like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, you'd want that closure, right? 
was 19 what is it 67 by then yeah i mean i don't know they they weren't real big on trying to get closure and stuff then i don't think they were thinking too much about feels yeah and actually we're only a couple years away from the manson family so there's there's shit brewing in another part of the country at this point so yeah just a little further west (laughs) yeah um so he's convicted put into a mental institution where he lives until his death in 1984 at the age of 77. The whole time he only ever admitted it, admitted it to (laughs) murdering warden and Hogan, the other 40 or so bodies. He said that he got from robbing graves because that's better. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't buy it. I mean, maybe he got a few from robbing graves, but I'm, I'm, and also like, it's difficult to go into someone's mind. You know, why wouldn't you just admit to it all at this point? But like, he's clearly killed more than two people at this point. The, oh. the ease with which also, I mean, he left a lot of clues behind, but the ease with which he was able to kill someone, even if he is a psychopath, there's definitely practice gone into that. I think to do it in oh, broad yeah. daylight and almost get away with it. It's definitely brazenness to it. I think that if, if he hadn't had, uh more severe mental health issues he mm. probably would have tried better to get away with it i, I don't think, think so. that he cared i think he was just doing what he felt like he wanted to yeah. do i guess like impulsive yeah murder yeah i'm sure there was all kinds of mutilated animals and all signs and a dead brother leading up to yeah. this that would have <laughs> tipped everybody off but yeah exactly in a but... strange twist though uh he, the grave robber he dies and people start chipping off pieces of his gravestone. And eventually in 2000, somebody stole it. So now oh he resides in an unmarked but not unknown grave in between his parents and his brother, Henry. Wow. Um, I, I'm so weird. Um, I so a... you basically have to look for a space between them, essentially. Yeah. If you want to Why wouldn't you just move? Why would you not move it somewhere where no one's going to try and find it? Why, like, what kind of asshole gets and buries him with the people that, like, I mean, one, he one of them kept he around the house and tried to yeah. wear or whatever, and one he murdered. Yeah, I don't know, but I've got a whole list of stuff that he inspired, if you want to go through yeah, that. Yeah, go for it, Amy, with it, yeah. So, um, in music, since the 1950s, his story and, and characters have been exploited by all kinds of shock rock, including Slayer in mm-hmm. the dead skin mask that came out in 1990 mm-hmm. Mudvayne had nothing to gain love Mudvayne. <laughs> um ziggins had ed gein in 1992 and then blind melon had skinned which was about that and i had no idea i thought blind melon was just chill um <laughs> The Slayer song actually featured a young girl pleading with Gein to release her, even though he never actually held any live prisoners. They were usually mm. middle-aged women that he had already killed. Yeah, similar to oh. his mum, essentially, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Also, I'd heard a rumor, and I don't know how true this is, because who knows what the fuck was going on with the Beatles at the time. They were probably high on acid. But <laughs> uh, Maxwell Silverhammer was at least partially inspired by Ed Gein's like, murder in the hardware store. That um, would make sense. I hadn't yeah. actually heard that one too much, and I just went off the list I was given. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I might be, I might be wrong. I think that might have just been an internet rumor I heard because, I mean, they, they still, 
they still Paul McCartney still says that Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is about the Lucy drawing a picture of the, the sky and diamonds. <laughs> no, it's not LSD. Swear <laughs> to God. Um, so yeah, I mean, who knows? But I'd I'd heard that that was an element that went into it. Bang bang, Maxwell Silverhammer came down upon her head. Do 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 do. It's creepy as. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's really disturbing. Um, no, so, they didn't yeah, violent and, and songs. films, I'd imagine, with Ed Gein. There's probably uh, a lot there's more of those. Books and films, and uh, the Bradley Mark Stewart is mm. goes. He's the the bassist for Marilyn Manson, known by yes. his stage name of Gidget Gein. Um, there's also a band named Ed Gein, and obviously the '59 novel Psycho, the '60 movie Psycho. Uh, 1974 Deranged came out in 2000 sometime in the light of the moon mm. and there was Ed Gein the Butcher of Plainsfield in 2007 yep. Ed Gein the Musical in 2010 holy shit why the hell not <laughs> yeah and, why not you know I mean the Book of Mormon Ed Gein the Musical <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a not? double feature yeah really cool double feature but then, yeah, obviously, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses mm -hmm. and its sequels, Leatherface yeah. from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Buffalo yeah. Bill, uh, I guess. Very Hannibal Lecter, the whole eating people shit. Yeah, you know the so. and then I guess Doctor Oliver Threadson in the new uh, American Horror Story Asylum series is based on on him, right. and. Okay. Most recently, he's featured on an episode of Netflix Dahmer, the Jeffrey yes. Dahmer story. Yeah, it, that's yeah. It's a possible inspiration, but there's no connection between Dahmer and Gein. But he mm. could have inspired him to eat people, but maybe he just wanted to. I think yeah. I don't know, but that's that's what I got on him. He he he's nuts. Yeah, basically, but, and actually, also a really important disturbingly important turning point in american popular culture and world culture really because i mean we'd had it in this country i mean jack the ripper was a huge sensation sensation at the time and in fact so much so that some of the letters that were supposedly written by him were probably just written by a weird fan who right wanted to get in on that shit um you know and the victorians in this country were like kind of obsessed with death like, and the mysticism and the afterlife and seances and shit like that. So, so we had a phase where we became obsessed with death and macabre and serial killers. I feel like um, the Ed Gein thing plus the book by Truman Capote in Cold Blood, which is an excellent book. I would highly recommend anyone reads it. It's the most amazingly poetic account of a horrifying crime you'll ever read in your entire life. Um, those those kind of give birth to a slight obsession with serial killers right up to the point now where you know Netflix has have released a, a, another document another drama on you know Jeffrey Dahmer and actually there's another thing that's recently come out on Netflix which I would highly recommend because it is incredibly realistic even though it's like a drama um, The Good Nurse with, oh. yeah with uh, Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain and like a couple of other people in there. Entirely true story. It feels very, very realistically told. And that guy killed almost as many people as Harold Shipman did in this country. So they think in the hundreds. Jeez. 
Yeah. I can't, so, uh, I can't even and, imagine how you'd go through your day having done that. Just he he couldn't stop. He actually said that they actually in the story they say is she Jessica Chastain just after he's finally confessed to like, why did you do it? And he's like, Because no one stopped me. Because he yeah. couldn't stop. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you think I've just, you know, the Dharma thing, the goodness, that's just stuff that came out in the last like month on Netflix. Yeah. And and the Ed Gein stuff dates back to, as you say, the what late fifties? Oh yeah. Like it was so. a pretty big kind of uh, dark comedy mm. culture that was popping up right around the 55, 57 uh, time there. Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of prolonged to the point where it's become mm, people who are a bit obsessed with it. You know, it, it kind of inspires people in a certain way, and it's it's really weird. It elements of the studying of psychopaths and serial killers has helped with a lot of forensic science and like uh, predictive like models and patterning of offending behavior and diagnosing um, certain things like psycho psychopathy or, or psychopathic personality disorder, whatever it's called. I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, Breaking news, Jack Ripper sues medical students for impersonating him. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was the Queen's doctor. Um, so it wasn't. That's just an Alan Moore theory. Um, so yeah, I, I just Ed Gein's an interesting case because he kind of was the chrysalis of this sort of thing. I mean, there have been serial killers before, right? The guy who had the House of Horrors, where people would go in and they they die in you know chambers and all that. Yeah, shit. the H H H Well uh, uh, Holmes. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was kind of and that was a big big case at the time, but in terms of modern era. Um, the Ed Gein story and the subsequent media coverage of it, uh, mass media coverage of it, and reinterpretation of the character into different uh, fictional characters has started a trend that persists to this very day. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's really interesting, but also kind of says something about where we draw our inspirations from. I think, uh, and, and to be to give some kind of credit to the filmmakers, a lot of it is like what's known as warning filmmaking. So we, a lot of human storytelling has existed specifically for the purposes of warning people about dangers right. from the, the, the way we used to tell stories, you know, all the way through like the, the whole, um, Oh God, I nearly said Agamemnon then that's not right. But like the earliest stories function as a kind of a societal warning system. Yeah. So the, uh, some of the serial killer films are going to be like that, but at the same time, has been glorified quite a lot yeah well it seems like a, a modern thing that we've done now where we take the warnings and the lesson mm. and there's a there's groups of people that uh don't take it as a warning and a lesson the way other people do they take it as like a playbook and and yeah. a textbook for <laughs> how they're gonna do stuff yeah so. it's like oh his fault was doing it during the daytime i'll do it at nighttime sort <laughs> of thing you know like <laughs> that sort of thing yeah it's um it's it's weird and and really with scoring Ed Game because we have to alter it because it's you know it's Halloween right so you have to kind of score it on like I mean, he in sense of an idiot like if we go by his word that he only killed two people then you know he he wasn't a very good murderer but I suspect he killed a lot more and he's just saying that um, right. I I there's huge childhood trauma there um, yes. kind of warped mind and view of the world from a very very young age 
Um, but I mean, a really disturbed person who I don't know. I feel like if he'd followed the route of his brother, potentially could have gotten away, but it, it twisted him at that point. It's very hard to s- score Ed Gain Ed Gein low because of what he did. So I'm I'm gonna go with a ninety. Oh, um, but I I probably would have gone higher had um ironically had he kind of persisted in like the murder for years and years and years and stuff like but it's it's very hard to say because he was so disturbed and you know i, I think there's probably a lot of murderers in that part of america at that time that probably did get away with it you know there're probably people that went missing all the time and there must have been a lot of Ed Geens out there because the missing people reports, you know, there's no real way of tracing those people. So I think yeah. that there's a lot of mass murderers out there and there are certainly a, a, a lot worse than Ed Gein, but for giving birth to this culture of like being obsessed with mass murderers, serial killers. Yeah. I think that's, <laughs> that's a 90. I may rate that higher, but also like he seems to have been acting on impulse as a psychopath, as opposed to someone who was like making active decisions to, I'm bored. Fuck it. I'll go and kill. You know. Right. So Yeah. Yeah. I just. Yeah. So but, yeah, I'll take horrible. ninety. I mean, I I just thought it was it was actually I, I saw one of those joke posts that you did on the Instagram story and oh, I was, right, yeah. oh yeah I was I was almost gonna do um the John Wayne Gacy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would have been a really hell. interesting one. That's yeah, whole but, other story. John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Um, because he. Unlike Ed Gein, who was a hermit, essentially, John Wayne Gacy wove wove himself into the upper echelons of society. That's how he tried to get away with it. Um, yeah, somewhat similar to Jimmy Savile in this country. It's just like you you make friends in high places, and then you try and make problems go away that way. So, yeah, yeah. but interesting. So anyway, so ninety for Ed Gein. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to score that. I think my idiot, or it's kind of more of a collection of idiots at this point. Um, Gacy is just a serial killer. Peter Griffin. Fair point. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I like that. Nice one, Toastazoid. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, with my person slash people, I think it's going to be easier to score them as idiots, depending oh, yeah. on your point of view. Oh, I so, mean, I don't know, though. I'm you guessing, know, I'm assuming. You a strong suspicion of what it is, <laughs> because I've told you, and there's only a few that it could possibly be, and I think you probably know just from the level of the podcast. So I'd like to tell you the story of, and ask, the, ask you the question of, McKamey Manor, is it torture or is it hype? And I'll get into this now. So um, this is, I should point out, for credit's sake, this is taken from an article, quite an old article at this point, actually, from uh, The Guardian, written by Rory Carroll and May Ryan in 2015. Um, Is it Nickelback? No, it's not Nickelback. That's next year. Stop spoilers. (laughs) Um, So this is from an article in in The Guardian from 2015. Um, On a balmy California morning, three daredevils park in front of an elementary school and lean against their cars trying to appear nonchalant as they wait to be kidnapped. They're, they're the guests of McKamey Manor, an interactive extreme haunt that has a cult-like devotion online. The kidnappers are up the road in the manor, and a, gra- uh, and a grand name, uh, sorry, a grand name for a San Diego suburban house smelling of dog pee. 
They're, they're <laughs> busy applying finishing touches to their outfits. Andrew Sweeney, six foot five and with a beard thick as a shoe brush. Good old shoe brush beards. Yeah, you got you gotta love them. Uh plus uh puts on a tattered shirt splattered with red and a fabric bag with eye holes over his head. He looks okay. like a demonic lumberjack. Uh I mean in fairness to lumberjacks, um, wait to be kidnapped. Yeah, you wait to decide. Most lumberjacks look demonic at the end of the day. I feel like they're covered in wood chip and they're fucking sweating. And, you know, they, that's a scary sight. Walk towards yeah. you with an axe or a chainsaw. Yeah. And um, if they're wearing a bag on their head. It's yeah, even, even more worse. so. That's when you run. When the bag appears, <laughs> that's the point. Like, oh, it's just a lumberjack. You know, they just worked a hard day. When the bag comes down, you're like, fuck it, run. Because yeah. um, they can't chase you if they're carrying a chainsaw no matter what horror films are telling you that no one's chasing you with a chainsaw just take special it. care not to trip yes exactly I'm and talking drag it and just the shoulder chainsaws <laughs> <laughs> don't trip when you're running with those after the people you're yeah. chasing fuck no um uh so back to the coins i'm not going to die he says from inside the hood i go hard on the big guys i've got three kids a lady and six dogs a lot going on in my life this is a great de-stressor. So this is the six foot five inch demonic lumberjack. I'm not sure about the psychological screening that goes on at this place. I'm, you know, when you've got someone saying, I'm going to make strangers feel my pain, that that might not be a great thing for your job, really. Yeah. It's so twisted that it's like, yeah. you kind of wonder, like, is this dude a serial killer that just, is he dextering it? But like, like, uh, what is that? When you Dextering. try to choke yourself out while mm -hmm. you're the if you trying to take it to the edge there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I, I will do it safely, but at the same time, it's still fulfilling the need I have for violence. Um, his tools today include plastic restraints, a rope, and a robust-looking airtight plastic bag which fits snugly over an adult human head. Oh. I, uh, trigger warning <laughs> yeah, sorry trigger warning this is yes. gonna get fucked up really uh. fucked up uh some people can run with chainsaws but don't run while it's on good point i still yeah. wouldn't recommend running with any he heavy garden implements because accidents happen and, <laughs> and also they're expensive fuck it you drop that you're gonna pay for it um ryan lawrence also sports a beard not sure why beards so important to the these journalists it's so much but it's yeah. 2015 they weren't they weren't as popular yeah, they, were, they were new like, oh he's got a beard <laughs> he must be edgy he's got a tattoo sleeve oh my god he's he's like right out there um plus a nose ring and tattoos there we go um got an assortment it. of webs skulls and a horned devil this is unnecessary information from this mm -hmm. report um he has his face painted kabuki white so that's very cultural um, with coal black rings around his eyes. Hang on, this is beginning to sound like a bit of a minstrel show, to be honest. Uh, a reverse minstrel show. Maybe. Um, yeah. Um, I'm the enforcer, he smiles. Um, I'm here to make sure no one makes it out. I get carried away. I don't really have a line. Uh, there is a line, Ryan. It's called prison. That's the fucking line. <laughs> Um, in another game I play Dead at Daylight, one of the killers you can play is, is a guy that can run with an air. Yeah. I mean, they they always run in computer games with stuff. They're always very adept uh, murderers. But yeah, real life, as we've seen with that game, you know, broad daylight, leave blood everywhere and your receipt behind. Not so much. Um, for the past decade, 
the manor has hosted a handful of guests each weekend, challenging them to last the eight-hour tour. Uh, Marines, cage fighters, cops, bikers, plumbers, clerks, housewives, and beauticians all beauticians all have tried none succeeded i don't fucking buy it i first of all i don't believe that any like cops or cage fighters have got the time to do shit like this maybe but uh, i guess i don't buy that no one made eight hours sorry yeah well i mean yeah, I guess it depends on what you count as a cage fighter, though. Yeah, just someone who punches someone in a in a cage for a few bucks. That's that's amateur cage fighting, I guess, because they can afford a pair of gloves. But other than that, I'm not sure what that has to do with having a plastic bag over your face. <laughs> no, I don't think that's part of your training, jujitsu. To be honest with you, um, but this whole like not making it eight hours, I uh, you'll see why I'm questioning that later on. Uh, you can watch them on YouTube, whimpering and trembling, begging for mercy for it to stop. The, uh, this only fuels a clamor to get in. There is apparently a waiting list of 27,000 people. I also don't buy that. Um, I just yeah. think that I think what they've taken is like their mailing list. I think they've just taken the numbers of people that are on their mailing list. Because if you're told that there's 26,999 people ahead of you in a queue, you're not joining that fucking queue. Oh, yeah, it's like, I'm never unless, unless it's the Queen's King. funeral. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the half dozen kidnappers are volunteer actors who originally came here as guests and now return to pass on that suffering. Lovely. Ugh. With glee to others. Um, a writer on The Truth About McCamey Manor, one of the several Facebook groups which monitor and criticize the haunt, Accuse it of reckless endangerment, uh, people, but not properly trained by not properly training them. Um, in their defense, you know, how much training do you need to scream at someone for eight hours? Like, you know, well, I think with what they do there, there's training that would have been involved in their time in the CIA and at, at Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> I would imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> they've, I, they've they've been trained on uh in, what's the word something interrogation technique enhanced interrogation enhanced, yeah. that's it yes so it's not torture it's enhanced interrogation uh the possible conse consequences such as dry drowning or possible damage to lungs were never explained if actors weren't aware of these consequences and possible life-threatening situations it's fair to say that they had no idea what they were doing the actors were never told what to do in certain situations. For example, how to properly approach someone who's having a panic attack or loses consciousness, one wrote. Um, today, Lawrence is especially motivated because one of his victims, they're actually calling them victims, is a 44-year-old woman named Christina Buster, who, for reasons best known to herself, spent the past year taunting Lawrence and his colleagues on Facebook and branding them as inept and feeble abusers. Why the fuck would you go to this house after saying shit like that on Facebook? Uh, so you get the full effect. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're, you're not sure. <laughs> yeah, you're not sure how bad they're going to make it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you kind of ramped it, amped it up a little bit. Um, I'm not going to... Uh, what's it? No, sorry. He says, I'm going to tear that girl apart, says Lawrence, indignant. I'll drag her by her bald head. No one is leaving with eyebrows today. That's a weird statement. But also, how do you drag <laughs> someone by their bald head? Surely your hands slip off. It's like you palm it like a basketball. I guess you, if you've got big enough hands, you do the Andre the Giant thing, don't you? Just you have to. Shit. I yeah. mean, I guess you get 
two two hands. Two would do it, but like yeah. dragging, it's like be hard. Back. I don't know. I'm getting into the depths of like he just grab him by the collar. It's much easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> modern audiences demand extremes. Torch porn franchises such as Saw and Hostel have now migrated to the mainstream. I think mainstream horror. But I don't think mainstream, mainstream. Like uh, my ninety-year-old grandmother is not settling down at night to watch Saw three. Like, that, no. that is just not happening. Like when, when you can say that, like your grandparents are aware of something, or your parents are really aware of something. Like my mother now knows who Billy Eilish is. She's like, okay. oh, Billy Eilish, she's really talented for a young girl. Mainstream. That's that's mainstream, right? My mother, who has the slowest internet known to mankind, knows who Billy Eilish is. Right, so <laughs> you know, there's your mainstream. Whereas, if I have you seen the recent Hostel film, Mum? I think you should watch it after we watch Downton Abbey, the sequel. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that's. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be doing that anytime soon. Maybe he took the bald skin with fingernail. Ooh, yeah, that's gross. Um, sorry. So less well known is this boom in extreme haunts in which people sign liability waivers and pay more than $40 at a time to stumble through dark, dungeon-like places where actors grab and manhandle them to amplify their, the frights. The pioneer, Blackout, has staged slick events in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. If things get too disturbing, punters yell out a contractually stipulated safe word to exit the fantasy. Mine would be, I want to go on a balloon ride. <laughs> That would be my safe word. <laughs> no, it, it would be a sequence oh. of words. I want to go on a balloon ride. Well, yeah. God, you know, it's funny. I actually worked in a uh, touch house, haunted house in my younger days. You it had was so many amazing jobs. Oh, so dude, cool. it was the most fun. I bet it for was. For real. Yeah. And it, this is back when I my only mode of transportation was my Harley. And I'd right. go in and I'd get made up as this dead coach in the locker room wow. and uh then i'd ride home just death and blood all over me <laughs> <laughs> how the hell were you not pulled over holy shit yeah um, like three in the morning every every day uh, yeah. thursday through sunday that's so that's so dead amazing guy. riding down uh, I, I, we we had a we don't really have i mean we do have them now but when i was younger we didn't really have anything like that in this country um the closest we got was um the London Dungeon, which um, had like interactive elements. And I went there with my parents and my mother was reading a sign that said, so-and-so Jack, murderer of London, blah, 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 and all this. And uh, this fucking figure comes out of the shadows and he goes, my name's actually this Jack. And like corrects her <laughs> and then fucks back <laughs> off into the shadows. And we were all terrified. And then like literally 30 seconds later, there's, there's people behind us and he got, oh. so we were scared from the jump scare, but he corrected her, which I'm sure annoyed my mother endlessly. But yeah, that was, that was quite <laughs> funny. McCamey um, Manor, in contrast to Blackout, does not make money. It operates as a non-profit. I don't buy it. Taking yeah. just a handful of visitors each weekend and accepting payment only in dog food. Which is um, probably why it smells like dog piss. It's probably why they've got shitloads of dogs there. <laughs> it's also unique in not having a safe word, says John Schnitzer, who is making a documentary about extreme haunts. This manner gave me actual nightmares. It's the only one where you don't decide when to quit. That's fucking scary. Yeah, that's <laughs> my, that's horrible. 
That's really <laughs> bad. Uh, Toastazoid safe word is um, chapter one. Call me Ishmael. I like that. That's a Moby Dick reference. We like that. Um, uh, so the manor gave me actual nightmares. It's the only one where you don't uh, you don't decide when you quit. Um, that can be an issue when you're being bound, masked, and held underwater, slapped, stomped on, and compelled to eat your own vomit. Yeah, and then they take off your damn eyebrows for some reason. I know, like it's a fucking frat house now. All of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. And then when you, if you do fall asleep, they'll put sh- they'll put your hand in in warm water and put yourself. Like, oh, See? the classics. We could have tortured people. Why? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I would be, I would be, I'd be weak. I'd be the 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 Disney haunted mansion ride of yeah. attractions if I did it. But yeah, no, this this to me doesn't feel like a haunt. It's not no. like the other ones. It's scary in a whole different way. It's more threats of violence. Scary. I feel like. Yeah, it's like not knowing if you're gonna actually die. Yeah, <laughs> Which, uh, I know um, is part of some training in some jobs, but I feel like as an attraction, this is out there to say oh, the yeah. least, right? Probably skirting some very serious laws. Um, the Svengali, this is where it gets slightly interesting, um, is Russ McCamey, a hale, hearty showman who moonlights as a wedding singer, because of course he does. You want another song? You're going to have to eat your own vomit first. Uh, <laughs> flashes toothy smiles and uses words like rascal and critter. Um, when I first interviewed McCamey in his office, uh, a cramped room cluttered with horror memorabilia, he is in marketing mode. Everyone's so blah. I'm sorry, I'm going to do Russ McCamey uh, the honor of an accent now. Okay. Everyone is so blase about what happens in the world. They need a safe release. Uh, it's about creating a cinematic experience and making people feel they're living their own horror movie. Movies can't fool us anymore. It's really hard to get emotions out of people. That's 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 how Russ McCamey sounds. Swear to God. Um, sorry. That's the, <laughs> I hope I live long enough to see an analog horror themed haunted house. Man, that would that would work. Uh, but I don't think we could really do jump scares. So it's just a scary face. Um, <laughs> on the score, the manor delivers. It generates anxiety, fear, revulsion, and eventually relief. It's a survival horror boot camp, says McCamey, who spent 23 years in the Navy and still sports a buzz cut. McCamey says he doesn't use alcohol, smoke, or use illegal drugs. He describes himself as a straight-laced conservative guy who doesn't curse. He actually punishes people in this who, who curse. I guarantee this shit is his kink. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's nothing else going on there. This guy is into it in that, some way yeah. or another. Everyone's got to have an outlet. And yes. the, the, the shit is his. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you. Right and, now. And, it's, yeah, and the thing is, I think he lies to himself about it and then barely <laughs> keeps it under control. I know. Uh, and actually, they talk about that in this article, which is when it gets really kind of scary. Um, his single story detached house started hosting. There we go. Yeah. Halloween haunts for children about 15 years ago. Gradually, they became rougher for adults only with uh, the host filming and posting the results online. We were pretending to cut hair, but um, 
YouTube critics said, yeah, fake. So thanks to the naysayers, we had to ramp it up and bring more reality to it. So we oh. actually cut hair. Um, he recalls every year it, it's got more crazy. Weird combination. Uh, more aggressive. We wouldn't be infamous if we weren't able to deliver the product. That's that's real marketing terminology for torture. Yeah. Right there. Ooh, that's not a product I want. I I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. We'll we'll get into why people are doing it in a second. A sly grin crosses his face. One hundred percent fear. We're good at it. We're the best at it. Now, would you like some tea with your crumpet? Um, this is achieved, he says, by imposing physical and psychological stress until people broke uh, break. A process begun the moment they sign the waiver. Pretty soon it becomes real, he says. There's no break. It's nonstop. The whole goal is to get you exhausted. So we have control over you. And then another grin. As a film director, everything I'm doing is geared towards capturing magic Kodak moments. Translation, close-ups of jabbering, screaming, and retching, occasionally with a cockroach or tarantula scurrying across the face. Punishment escalates if you swear, because McKamey, of all people, has a puritanical streak. That seems legit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah now we're getting to the eroticism um oh. he says he does not smoke alcohol drink co- uh drink or even coffee uh, as it sounds or cuss that, is there's he no nudity or sexual suggestion in the manner except for russ's really noticeable boner throughout the whole experience <laughs> um <laughs> there is a live theater this is a live theater performance says mckamey who majored in theater studies before joining the navy that's quite the transition right there it's improv, yeah. It's the worst um, improv movie ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like can you imagine Paul Rudd in this? Oh god, no! Please don't put Paul Rudd there. We love Paul Rudd. Uh, it's not real. If people were really hurt, we'd be shut down, right? It's smoke and mirrors. Mm. How do you define hurt, mate? Yeah. You know? mm. Maybe give it a few years, and then we'll see if people are really hurt or not. I'm not sure what to make of this statement. Some of it is very real. The violence, the claustrophobic confinement, the forced feeding, the choking, that shit happens. A lively community of online critics brand McCamey an abomination, a sadist, that that's probably true, a psychopath, and worse. They're worse than a psychopath? Maybe um, Satan? I guess you get into religious stuff. But um, an Amway salesman. Yes. fucking mlm bastard uh he shrugs them off as haters yeah brushing off those haters yeah navy guy for 23 years however that perception is a problem because having recently been laid off from the navy he now wants to make the mana commercial this is 2015 remember so um san diego regulations preclude that thank christ so he must move protests uh scotched uh scotched quashed an envisaged site in Illinois, so he is now preparing another undisclosed location, which I, I didn't manage to find more information on. There's so many different reports. I, I think there's some now. He's in Kentucky now. He's in Kentucky. That makes yeah. sense that he would head south because it's like le- less regulation, right? So Yeah, more um, isolated as well. And the death penalty. So yeah. Oop. Ah. swings and roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a live, uh, sorry, I was trying to do that. Today is the last hurrah of the San Diego house, so a skeptic, a special farewell haunt is planned. A day earlier, McCamey tried to cajole 
<coughs> excuse me, two local women to participate. That sounds disturbing. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay Bowley, a 36-year-old housewife and mother of three, and Nadia Nagor, 28, a fashion blogger and stylist, had each done it before and were mulling a return visit. Jesus. Don't forget the chicken. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll. I think there's a ch- there a chicken involved. Sorry, I don't remember. The rubber chicken. R- yeah, that's don't probably one of the, the rubber chicken. <laughs> if if they did that, that, I'd be fine. I'd sign up for that haunted house. Right away, you're gonna beat me with a rubber chicken. Yeah, I can take well, that shit. How does? Um, yeah, I still don't see how this is a haunted house. There's nothing it's haunted. Not, or, it's yeah, it's not haunted. It's just horrifying. Uh, this is this is where it gets really weird. Lindsay Bowley, a 36-year-old housewife. It intrigues me, said Bowley. Some people climb Mount Everest. This is another challenge. You want to be the first person to conquer it. In your head, it's torture. But it's a show. Um, if it felt like torture, was it not therefore torture? A pause. I'm a masochist. A lot of it doesn't bother me. Okay. Mother of yeah. three. Um, both women were proud of the resilience they showed in McCamey's videos, but were unsure about showing up for a special. Bowley was due to start a warehouse loading job and feared injury. Rightly so. You don't want to fuck up your back before you start a loading job. And Nagor, the fashion blogger, was having a wedding the following week. The following fucking week she was getting married. I you showing up with bruises and black eyes and cuts red and shit. Flags. Yeah, red mass flags. And the husband. <laughs> <laughs> maybe rethink this process um so yeah this is her response uh i'll go in looking like sinead o'connor mckamey promised she would keep her hair <laughs> you've got to promise to not touch her hair oh, oh man nagore looked skeptical russ is so nice but in the manner switch flips you mean he's nice when he has to be but then when he doesn't have to be the boner comes out and <laughs> uh, neither shows up next day at the car park. They they chickened out. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's the chicken. Um, instead, three other victims turn up trying not to look uh, self conscious in their onesies. Oh, God. Um, Ooh, families yeah. drive by and a couple play frisbee in an adjacent park. Unconcerned, make believe abductions are routine sights around here. Though McCamey always notifies police to avoid misinterpretations. I feel like that's dangerous in itself. Yeah. Because well, there's someone so could many... actually get kidnapped there. Exactly. There's so it's so many different margins of error things going on here where you're uh disguising possible actual kidnappings. Yep. You're feeding a dangerous little darkness. Yeah, you're hiring people who have been previously tortured in your thing and then brought back to exact the same torture on other people. I feel like that's a whole thing. And there's a difference between being scared Mm. and, you know, and being psychologically damaged. Like some of that can have lasting effects where a jump scare I'm not going to be thinking about in three years while I cry (laughs) in the corner in a fetal position. I know. I know. Um, there are things that stay with people their entire lives that are far less stressful and less like damaging than what is being described here. Yeah. So, and I understand they're paying dog food for it, but like people get into things and they don't realize what they're getting into until many, many years down the line, like you say. Um, so they've got these three people. Uh, 
and the police are, you know, they're fine. Make-believe abductions happen all the time. Um, Christina Bustler, pale and thin, wears a frown and a Scooby-Doo outfit. Fuck me. <laughs> a year ago, she took a break from her job as a U.S. government contracted, uh, contracted logistical analyst in Kuwait to test her resolve in McCamey Manor. She lasted five minutes, turning so hysterical that McCamey yanked her out. Since then, she has begged to return and taunted her uh, would-be tormentors in the process. I sincerely hope this woman didn't get security clearance anymore after this. Oh, my God. There's certain things that should be indications that you have no business in certain positions. Yeah. Wanting to go back to a torture house is like... it's, it's It's a bit of a red flag. Yeah. Uh, last time was brutal, Buster says, in a quavery voice. Quavery voice? I don't know. We have quaver crisps over here. I don't think that's what they mean. Uh, I've come back <laughs> to test my limits, push myself further. I'm nervous and I'm scared. I'm expecting to be torn limb from limb to get it worse. She gives a uh, a wan smile. I'm probably going to regret it big time. Oh. Um, I, I worry that people are being hired that shouldn't be hired for government analytic positions. Scary. Um, Spencer Kane sports a grin and a pink onesie with images (laughs) of donuts. He is 19, worked as an actor at the manor a year earlier and is studying associative justice in hope of becoming a DEA agent. Wow, that fits. <laughs> yeah, that that works. That there's some sadist working in that, that uh, arm of the government. I don't uh, like them. Yeah, we we don't we don't like the DA. <laughs> His motivation: a chance to star in a mooted McCamey Manor. That's hard to say. Reality show. Like Buster, he too has posted on Facebook to brand the tormentors as softies. Yeah, um, Beth Hipple, a nursing student, finally. You know, someone I'm not concerned about divulging information to foreign governments. Um, Where's a beige teddy bear onesie? This weekend is going to be interesting. McCamey Manor, here I come, ready to put myself to the test. That's like the kind of stuff that people say when they go on the floor is lava or some shit like that. (laughs) Yeah, not this. Next level floor is lava over here. Oh, yeah. The floor is stabby. Um, There's no time to talk to her because McCamey and a posse of balaclavas swoop, marching the prisoners from the car park to an isolated wooded copse with a pungent smell. That's that's all the beards. Um, <laughs> I can hey. partly empathize with the doomed trio. The previous afternoon, my filmmaking and photographer colleague May Ryan and I submitted to uh, submitted to a sissy induction, which is like you can go for the real shit or you can go for this what you're about to experience uh mccamey and an accomplice with a zombie style contact lens uh taped balaclavas to our heads and ordered us into a rat run which turned out to be a labyrinth of metal cages barely big enough for crawling whoever escaped first would avoid a terrible punishment which is probably going to be puke eating um my sequential thoughts over the course of approximately 10 minutes were as follows the balaclava is hot and smelly, and I can't see anything. That's that's kind of the point, mate. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of scary and exciting. That's your adrenaline talking. Um, I should be chivalrous and let May win. Take the punishment myself. Fuck chivalry. Get out. <laughs> um, it's very hot and cramped, and I'm snagged on something. That's Russ's boner. Um, <laughs> I, I'm getting out. Sorry, May. Yeah, fuck May. 
Um, I can't get out. Uh, fuck this. I can hardly breathe or move. Let me out. This last thought was probably verbalized. So he basically, he lost it. Um, McCamey lets us out and there was no punishment because obviously it was a bluff. Thank Christ. Um, the tr- he's not going to damage journalists. He's like he's smart enough to know you don't damage the people that make you famous. Um, yeah, the trio yeah. committed to the non sissy version. In contrast, receive no mercy. It all happens very fast. One moment they're standing in the sunshine, the next they're in a gloomy copse on their knees, hands bound, with masking tape wrapped around their heads. As instructed, they crawl into a pool of fetid water by a storm drain. Why have you come back, Grandma? A tormentor bellows at Buster, shoving her face in the murk. He yanks her out by the uh, by the hair and plunges her back in. Another works on Beth. Two focus on Kane, smacking and slapping, pulling his hair out in tufts, ramming a soiled rag in his mouth when he gasps for air. His eye bowls. You gonna cry, Spencer? You gonna cry? That's just that's where I don't even know. Uh, at, at one point, the trio. Sodden with black filth, eyes wide, is forced into the mouth of the drain. Two men, uh, two men clamber on top and grab Hipple and Buster's long hair, stretching it taut, while others jab them, uh, jab the cowering figures. They resemble a uh, Hieronymus Bosch tableau of the damned. I like that. Their <laughs> transformation is shocking. All of this happened before they signed the waivers. That's assault. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> That's like all the salt. Air in the logistics. There. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that might be a problem, Russ. Um, they are then dragged out one at a time to uh, McCamey, who films as they read the form out loud. Clause 20. Participants agrees. There is no quitting unless a serious physical or psychological injury is present. How are you going to tell if there's a serious psychological Thing present. Yeah, and they're wearing a onesie. It's going to be difficult to spot physical damage if they're all wearing onesies, right? Yeah. So. Well, do you, do you have medics on site, and do you have uh, yeah, a, a psychiatrist? All... <laughs> they're uh, all trained. Clearly, these people are trained. The the psychotic lumberjack. Um, <laughs> clause twenty five. Participant fully insta- understands that at many times they will be in a state of panic or anxiety in which they feel that they will drown and they may die. That's clause 25 of the 40-page waiver. All sign, even Buster, who looks half dead. The tormentors whoop in delight and reward the captors with a fresh barrage of slaps. Uh, Sweeney, the de-stressing lumberjack, tosses them like dolls into the back of a black pickup and they are driven to the manor to begin the official tour. No fucking thank you. Huh. Um, I'm I'm fighting back at certain points in this process, I think. Um, yeah. It, be- it begins with the rat run. Unable to see or properly breathe, encased in soaking clothes, they inch through the maze while being hosed, prodded, and screamed at. I quit, whimpers, hi- uh, whimpers Hipple. Sweeney growls, we tell you when you quit. Move. And it goes. On it goes. The process of breaking their will with blasts of cold water, smacks, and contraptions, which include a medieval gibbet, a water tank, and a chair with buckets and strings for force feeding. Um, When they shove Buster's head, her shrieks can be heard down the street. Help, no one did. Jesus Christ. Um, 
all the while the incongruous uh, incongruous normality reigns in other parts of the house sweeney's three children sit on a sofa watching cartoons no yeah Ew. they seem oblivious to the shouts next door i told you no cussing spencer are you bleeding, Grandma? You're disgusting. These are all screams that are coming through the door. At wow. points, tormentors wander into the kitchen by the kids for breaks, flushed and sweating and covered in all sorts of disgustingness. What a day, says one, peeling off a balaclava. His eyes, uh, he eyes the snacks. Chocolate chip. Awesome. Um, three <laughs> hours. <laughs> so weird. Like, oh, cookies. Uh, oh, after three man. hours, Kane, trust in a straitjacket, is released and dumped on a sofa. Masking tape is peeled off re to reveal a bruised, swollen, tearful face. Bald patches dot his scalp. Please, Russ, I'm done, he moans. McCamey puts the camera close and asks for his verdict. Kane can barely focus. No, he sobs. No, it's horrible. Yeah, no shit. It's horrible. Yeah. That's uh. disgusting. And uh, Given a blanket, water, and a cookie, Thank God. Um, he slowly revives and almost smiles when his erstwhile tormentors commend him on. Good job. Good job. Uh... Uh, Sweeney, demonic lumberjack no more, is especially warm and chatty and compares notes with Kane about the experience as if analyzing a baseball game. It's rough, but really it's just a show, he observes while he's covered in bruises and probably psychologically tormented. Hipple is next out and sinks on the sofa. It was too much, way too much. Her legs and arms are covered in welts and bruises, but she is relieved to have retained her tress her tresses? I don't know. I don't regret doing it, she says, through tears, but I'm never, ever, ever doing that again. <laughs> Later on Facebook. Time. Yeah, no, no, I won't be back for more, I swear to God, six months later. But... um What's this? Later on Facebook, she will call it the most terrifying experience. But I am so happy that I lasted four hours. So she lasted four hours. You're supposed to last eight to get it. And they say nobody has ever done it. This is like some random nurse who's lasted four hours. I feel like somebody's probably beaten this and they're just saying that they haven't to keep them quiet. I'm not 100% certain that it's not all relatively staged. Well... So we'll we'll get to that actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we certainly hope so. Um then comes <laughs> Buster, who lasted four and a half hours. This is the, the government analyst that worked in Q8, lasted four and a half hours in this thing. Uh the crew applaud her like a successful game show contestant. Good job, you're a tough <laughs> chick. Uh she trembles and looks awful, but is remarkably composed. I don't feel as I was tortured or abused, she says, patting a greyhound. There's a fucking greyhound wandering around. Um, I pushed it pushed me to my limits. I'm proud of myself. I still hold the record as the oldest person to go through. Wow, Jesus. Um, will she return? Buster pops an M&M &M in her mouth and gives a rueful smile. Yeah. Fuck no, not for me. So how does how does he afford all this? This is the point that I, I'm kind of a bit concerned about, have questions about. Uh, McCamey claims to make only $800 a month from a Navy pension without any other income whatsoever. However, he lives in a nice house in Tennessee, or at least he did in 2015, runs a haunted house he's invested an estimated $500,000 into, and also owns property in Alabama for his desolation haunt. In the oh. same show, an attendee of the haunt reiterates that the cost of the admission to the manor is a 50-pound uh, bag of dog food, 
though monetary donations are also accepted. Still, detractors question how McKamey affords everything he has in the two properties. One petition for the closure posits that McKamey garners income from Las Vegas gambling based on his claim of providing a live feed of participants and their experience to a group in the city. The Las Vegas group allegedly bets on and makes suggestions for the participants' experiences and provides McKamey with a cut of the winnings. At this point, I can believe that. Plus, you know, maybe merchandising comes into it. I'd imagine that you could merchandise the shit out of this and people will buy that stuff. That's some sick, um, like, dark web shit. I know. It's like the basis for a horror film, Yeah, right? Like, that's... I swear that there's been like a couple of films like that. I don't I don't want to say the Belco experiment, which I actually got, yeah. just watched something that was a lot like that. It was mm. like a dark web show. It's a brand new show on somewhere called Urban Legends by yes. Eli Roth. Yes, yeah. That's his name. And Eli Roth show. has got a record for producing dark shit. Yeah. Oh my god. One of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He's done some amazing films. He's also a bit a massive prick. But um, <laughs> yeah, he has produced some exceptionally good horror films. Uh, the, the, yeah, I was going to say the Belco experiment, but there's there's loads of others um, like with like like the Running Man, perfect example, right? Entertainment horror is entertainment, uh, which is actually based on the Stephen King novel. But um, the the thing, what was I going to say? Uh, so this is this is my pitch for a horror film, right? This is such a random thing, right? You take the whole basis of the McCamey Manor. Right, you think about that setup, right? You you go into this film and you have this you, you can be hit by a barrage of like, oh, this place needs to be shut down, it's terrible, and then everyone claiming it's a, a work and that it's actually not that bad, and you know, charging people to come in. And what if they get someone that comes in and they do all this terrible shit to them? And there's just nothing, nothing, no response from this person, right? They just smile or they stare off blankly while they're being punched and their hair's been pulled out and they're being sprayed and all this shit. What happens then at these people? I think, well, because there's a $20,000 prize if you make it eight hours in this place. Huh. So, yeah. So what if there's someone in there that's they're constantly <clears throat> smiling at these people and they can't afford to lose $20,000, right? So do they actually get more desperate and start actually trying to torture this person? or And then towards the end of the time they get really really desperate because nothing's working and then the other person finally fights back and they realize oh my god this person is an actual psychopath who's here to yeah. kill us all that's a good movie i think we should make that i i feel like i'd watch that uh, so squid game <laughs> basically yeah it is squid game toasterzoid so um i i have to ask what you think of mccamey manor i mean you're probably very aware of this shit right because i was a few years ago and i, I didn't yeah. hear anything about it until quite recently I got, uh, I was wrong. I, I picked the wrong southern oh. coal state. It, it is in Tennessee. It, right. They moved it to summer 10. Okay. Somewhere. No, Lawrence County, Tennessee, somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it wow, out. it's actually neat looking now. It's not just oh, a yeah. little crap house. Wow. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these, they seem to, a lot of these organizations seem to pump a lot of money into it. So, and also, when I go to a haunted house, I mean, I don't want to go to one of these haunted houses, but when I go to like, like a Disney haunted house, I want the full experience. I want like the smell of burning embers. I want the noises. I want the lighting. I want, you know, I want that whole like immersion right. thing. Yeah. You know? So, well, 
Yeah, that's and that's the thing. Like the haunted house I worked at, it was like four different houses. I worked at the high school, the uh, haunted high school, and it was like oh, a touch house. Fun. And like that's the they touch the the hair as you went by and creepy oh, stuff like God. that. In the the kitchen, the chef had like they were cooking things in the back for smell, right. uh, cooking meat and things. We had right. insane like punk music and stuff playing over the the radio in the hallways and the locker rooms and stuff it was it was cool it sounds fun that actually sounds like something i'd probably go i mean it'd kill me because i've got a heart condition but you know like that would probably be quite fun it, really. uh, it was awesome this mckamey manor is not that no it sure as hell isn't jesus no it, it's i don't uh, get it and i honestly i want to hope that it's all just a staged thing maybe to get gambling money maybe to get monetization yeah. on video views i don't i don't know how maybe to sell happens. merch yeah shit like that uh, i it's it's see the thing is I, i'm at a point in life where I, i'm kind of you always hope that things like oh this person's not really a racist are they this this rapper turned fashion designer is not an anti-semite <laughs> are they um but like a lot of the time you're like oh it's it's a work because we're used to like this I hate to use kayfabe has gone mainstream, but this mentality of working an audience, of working a mark, carny stuff, like uh, and the wrestling use, like oh my god, we'll get emotion out of people, and that's how we get money out of people and stuff like that. I I want that to be the case because like I want to know that because of like my degrees and stuff, I want to be able to spot that. But unfortunately, a lot of time. The reality is the, the whole Occam's razor thing that, you know, the reality, the simplest answer is the truth. And unfortunately, I don't know. I think it might be quite true. The question is, is it as bad as it's been made out to? Because like, you know, bruises, welts, shit like that. Like I've been paintballing. I've done some pretty extreme, like fun activities and stuff. You come out of it bruised as fuck. Like you go mountain climbing, you go rock climbing. You, you I like wrestling. I used to, I, I used to wrestle. Like 20 yeah. years ago, I was a wrestler. I've had some fucking horrible injuries doing that shit, uh, but it was always fun and I could never stop smiling. But like, I, I feel like maybe it's that stage, but what they're describing here, people having their head pulled, hair pulled out and slapped and shit. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, f I feel like when you're getting to the, the slapping and throwing people around and, and even screwing around with duncan heads like you can mm. kill people pretty easy we're fragile yeah we are really fragile and like if you're doing like the dunking of heads it has to be like like a baptism like in out you know you cannot hold them under for any length of time well and the second that they breathe in because they yeah. weren't ready and the water gets into their lungs and you can't get that back out then yeah you, you know two days later they drowned exactly <laughs> so uh, that's yeah it's a really concerning thing and i can understand why now this has moved around as as much as it has and why there are so many groups concerned about it um what so what do you think in terms of scoring i mean i, I think i think we have to go with the mckamey manner because obviously russ mckamey is the guy behind it and created it but there seems to be a number of people involved in this yeah um not just the people that work there but also potentially people betting on it who were just it's, as culpable really so yeah there's so many different layers and mm. like there's, there's like a depth on this. There's the weird uh, rich people betting on torture yeah. videos mm -hmm. aspect. There's the weird people signing up to get tortured multiple times. Fuck yes. 
Um, those people are idiots for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, ninety eight percent for sure. <laughs> um, the idea of this, and I think I'm gonna score it higher just because I'm mad that they call it a haunt because mm. it's there's nothing haunted about it. It's a no, it's torture horror. porn experience. Yeah. yeah, basically, yeah. I guess you could call it an experience, and I would be less upset. But the whole idea of doing such dangerous. Mm edgy stuff is just totally idiotic to me so i am also going to score high and i'm because they didn't actually kill anybody that we know of maybe that that's of, yeah. the people that survive all eight hours don't really get 20 grand they get disappeared into a mine shaft somewhere <laughs> yeah i don't know sure. yeah um but yeah i'm gonna go 89 i'm gonna go right underneath you just yeah because... go right underneath that game no because it's like a different thing isn't it whereas with that game you know serious horror thing what we're talking about here is something that crosses so many lines of and obviously it's one of the reasons it's been successful but crosses so many lines of like sensible behavior that you know ultimately there's a tragedy just waiting to happen here oh, and yeah. it will be one of those things where you're like and when it does eventually happen and i'm certain it will that at some point they'll be like oh how we could have how could we have known or how could we have predicted this? Like anyone with any sense knows right. that these situations are not controlled and they are very, very dangerous. Yeah. So that's, that's why it gains such a high score for me. And thank you for the 89, but there's, there's something's going to happen. It's just one of those situations where it's something's waiting to go off. If it's, if it's real. Yeah. I'm not surprised that something hasn't happened already. Yeah, I know. Well, do we do we really know? How could we know? You know, he's he says that he tells the police that, oh yeah, we're we're planning on doing this kidnapping and blah blah. It's like, how would we ever know? You and know? is it really that easy to just? I'm gonna call up the cops and be like, hey, I'm gonna be abducting people <laughs> out by the park this weekend. Don't worry about it. It's I, I planned. Guess, like, if you've built up a relationship with them, like where they've been called out a few times and they've been and you've been explained the situation, I guess. But like. I don't think it's um, out of the realms of possibility for that relationship with the police to be stretched to avoid certain crimes, prosecution, maybe some dodginess happening, investigations. Dude, how much money is he making on the bets that he's kicking down? I see a whole thing there then. Yeah, yeah exactly. If he's mm. owning property, and I mean, we're not just talking about, oh, I've made enough money from this venture to pay off my home, let's retire sort of thing like that's fine I, I envy anyone that can do that and it's what i'd love to do but when you are making so much money that you have multiple properties in states that include land that's yeah. when there's some serious cash floating around and i would love to know if unless he's selling the dog food a ridiculous market rate to somewhere that how the hell is he making his money on an 800 a month navy pension I don't know. And that the no. McCamey Manor there in Tennessee that they I show I seen the picture of. If if you go look that up, it doesn't look like something that you'd live in if you had eight hundred dollars a month. No, exactly. And that's that's another a whole other thing. And I'm sure Russ McCamey will come back into the public's attention at some point, whether it's for good things or bad things, or maybe he releases a biography where he's like, it was all a work, it's all made up, all of it was a everyone was a plant. Whenever we had journalists there, it was all fake. I don't know. That'd be great. Wouldn't it be great if we were all fooled like that? <laughs> That's the best possible outcome I see from this. I would you know, be impressed. Like, 
Yeah, I would be too. Like, yeah. wow, well done, mate. You managed to fool everyone. But yeah. if it comes out that, you know, 10 years down the line, that there are people who are like, I am deeply traumatized from my experiences there, then he's in real trouble. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is the Ooh. kind of thing you can just like pay people off for. This is potential jail time. Really. What if you accidentally get somebody uh, PTSD and they hurt somebody mm. later? Exactly. You're culpable for that as well. You know, and that's years of litigation, and there goes your business. And, and imagine if they did litigation, investigated it, and found out some sort of involvement with some sort of dodginess in Las Vegas. It's not outside of the realms of possibility either. You never know. So I don't think we've heard the last from Russ McCamey. Just to make this clear, this is all theoretical. We don't know any of this. Oh, yeah. I genuinely hope that he is fooling everyone, as included. Because I would love to be part of a mass cultural, like, kind of faking hoax thing. I'd love that. I think that would be great. But I, I just don't think that's the case. Yeah. I And I everything is allegedly. And it's all just theories. And I make stuff up wildly. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then again, yeah, no this type of, yeah, you can't blame us for making stuff up when stories like this exist in the situation. It's not <laughs> that much of a stretch, really. Um, so that's our, our show. We've had Ed Gein, uh, the what was it, the Plainsville, the butcher of Plains Plainsfield or Plainsfield, the Plainsfield yeah. Ghoul, the Plainsfield I Ghoul. Like I one. like that name. That's a really good name. And McCamey Manor, just torture porn heaven, basically. Yeah. Um, that's an eighty nine and a ninety on our, our scoring. And um, I I really enjoy doing these Halloween things. I know we've only done two of them, but I quite like. Because you, you're looking into something slightly different, and yeah. I like that. And actually, it's given me because while I'm doing this, I'm building up another back catalog of like idiots that I want to cover. Because I've like done research, like, oh, there's a good one. Oh, there's a good. Oh, Kanye West. Yeah, in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Thank you so much to everybody who's dropped by. I don't know if Toast Soy is still here. Thanks for all your wonderful interactions, buddy. It's so great to have you here. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, the places to go are um, History's Greatest Idiots on Instagram and at Greatest Idiots on Twitter. And if you want to go to patreon.com slash History's Greatest Idiots and become our first ever Patreon, we would love you forever. And maybe even send you something extra special. You know, I can do some sort of monument mythos thing for you if, if you're a fan of that. I can do you one of the voices. Uh, maybe a, a skin mask. Maybe a skin mask. We'll we'll try and dig up some of the Ed Gein stuff we stole before it was burned. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, thanks so much. And we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Derek, would you like to say goodbye, please? Bye, everybody. Bye. And have a, have a spooky Halloween. Or, uh, anyway, Boo. goodbye now. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>